0: Welcome to the Global Missions Inc. Podcast. Today's episode features Mervyn Sunbo with a message called You Are the Temple of the Holy Spirit. It is within each human heart that the Holy Spirit desires to dwell. In much the same way as he filled the tabernacle and temple during the time of moses and solomon you are the temple of the holy spirit when the tabernacle in the wilderness was built according to the pattern god had given to moses the glory of the lord filled the tabernacle exodus 40 35 similarly when solomon's temple was complete in all of its splendor, and everything and everyone were in place. The glory of the Lord filled the house of God, 2 Chronicles five fourteen. 14. Let us read verses 13 and 14 of this chapter. Indeed it came to pass, when the trumpeters and singers were in as, as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and Instruments of music and praise the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endures forever. That the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud, so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. These two Old Testament temples were made with human hands. God gave the pattern for them, they were built according to the pattern. And they served his purposes at that time. They are types of the Old Testament that point to what God had in mind and revealed in the New Testament. Ultimately, he wants a church, a corporate body that will be directed and moved upon by his Holy Spirit. The church building is only a physical structure. The church is the many-membered body of Christ wherever the gathering takes place. Sometimes the assembly may be few and other times many. Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Today, God is interested in living stones as we see in 1 Peter 2, 5. You also are living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Here is the point that we must never lose sight of. It is the vision that we must never allow to grow dim, and it is this. We are the living temple that God, by his Spirit, has chosen to dwell in. This is the temple that he does not want defiled in any way. He wants it to be holy, sanctified, that is, set apart for his special purpose. The presence or spirit of God cannot be confined to a single man-made structure or to one physical location, for he dwells in mobile temples. Where the temple goes, he goes. The tabernacle in the wilderness was portable. So when Israel moved under God's direction, they took the tabernacle, the presence of God with them, and the tabernacle was erected wherever they camped. What a beautiful type of God dwelling in human mobile temples today. We take the spirit of God with us wherever we go. Now it is possible in our fleshly state to go where the spirit of God does not want us to go. Thus the importance of being led by the spirit that, that dwells within. Psalm 139.7 asks the question, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee From your presence the question is answered as we as we read on in that chapter there isn't anywhere we can go where the presence of god is not there verses 8 to 12 say if i ascend into heaven you are there if i make my bed in hell behold you are there if i take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me." If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. These scriptures reveal the omnipotence of God, who can be present everywhere at the same time. However, just because God is everywhere does not mean that we should throw caution to the wind, and go where he does not want us to go there are temptations to be avoided in many places and it is the spirit of god that gives us discernment in knowing what is evil and what is good where we should go and where we should not go let him turn away from evil and do good first peter three eleven. Don't you realize that you yourselves are the temple of God and that God's spirit lives in you? God will destroy anyone who defiles or corrupts his temple, for his temple is holy. And that is exactly what you are, 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17, from the Phillips. The scripture in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20, speaks about glorifying God in our body. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you are bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. 1 Corinthians 4, 7. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Philippians 2, 13. After our salvation experience, there is a measure of the Holy Spirit that comes to dwell in us. And as we walk with him in this new experience, the spirit grows within us. That growth comes through important spiritual experiences, including water baptism, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, sanctification or being set apart for a holy purpose and the laying on of hands of the presbytery for spiritual gifts. It is through the receiving and operation of the gifts that God reveals himself. When the gifts are exercised under the anointing of the spirit, Christ is speaking and his nature is demonstrated. Christ in you, the hope of glory, Colossians 1:27. He that has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Philippians 1, 6. I would be remiss if I did not warn that there is a very real possibility of regression to the old fleshly way of life out of which the Lord has saved us. This means avoiding sin. We live in the world, but we are not of the world. 1 John 2, 16 speaks of three lusts or sins that are prevalent in the world for all that is in the world the lust of the flesh refers to desires for sinful sensual pleasure the lust of the eyes refers to covetousness or materialism and the pride of life refers to being proud about one's position in the world let me name a couple of sins that are very current in our present world the first is sexual immorality or sexual sin. What is sexual immorality? It is a broad term encompassing any illicit sexual activity. God approves sexual activity in only one place, and that is between husband and wife in the marriage relationship. It is not sanctioned in any other relationship. Regardless of what society accepts or approves, it is incumbent on us to be obedient To what God has ordained, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, set apart for God's special use, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. First Thessalonians 4:3. Someone said, We live in a society that makes sin look normal and righteousness look strange. The Bible puts it this way: woe or bitter grief to those who call evil good. And good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Isaiah 5 20 and 21. In other words, the thinking of man is the very opposite of the thinking of God. God calls sin sin, regardless of how man may sugarcoat it or what the majority finds as acceptable. Jesus said, whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Matthew 5, 28. In 1 Corinthians 6, 18 to 20, Paul gives sound instruction on this topic. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is is outside of the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body or do you not know that your body is the temple of the holy spirit who is in you whom you have from god and you are not your own for you are bought at a price therefore glorify god in your body and in your spirit which are god's a good example of fleeing sexual immorality was joseph when he fled from potiphar's house he did not entertain the possibility Of immorality with Potiphar's wife. He fled the scene in order that an immoral act would not have the chance to develop. David, on the other hand, yielded to the temptation of sexual immorality in his relationship with Bathsheba. This scripture seems to imply that sexual sin is in a category of its own because it is a violation of the dignity and sacredness of our own bodies. These bodies Are the temples of the Holy Spirit. We are admonished in Scripture not to defile the temple, for it is sanctified for a holy purpose. It should be noted that God forgives sin when there is sincere repentance by the sinner, as in David's case. We can read David's prayer of repentance in Psalm 51. However, the consequence of sin may remain. Promiscuity may result in venereal disease, pregnancy, mental or emotional instability, or the fracturing of family relationships. Impaired driving can have disastrous consequences if injury or death results. Except by the grace of God, these things can have a lingering impact on human lives. The second is the use of alcohol, drugs, smoking, or any other substance that does physical, mental, or emotional harm. We have a choice of what we take into our bodies. Recently, vaping has become popular and the medical profession is beginning to see how harmful this practice is on human health. The fact that something is legal does not make it right or acceptable in the sight of God. There was a time when alcohol and marijuana were illegal, but because man-made laws have changed, does not change God's laws. The word of God says, do not defile your body, for it is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Both our physical health and spiritual health are important to our well-being. Then in 2 Corinthians 6, 14 to 18, speaks of the unequal yoke and of the purity that God desires in our bodies. Do not be unequally yoked together, that is, in partnership with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness, and what accord has Christ with Belial or Satan, or what part has a believer with an unbeliever, and what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. We know that we cannot live in this world without having associations with unbelievers in such places as classrooms, workplaces, and businesses. However, we do not have to speak as they speak do as they do or think as they think. In fact, our good example may influence them to consider changing their lifestyle. What we think to be careful about is not allowing their pattern of living or behavior to influence us. The church does not need the deception and degradation of the world creeping into it, but the world needs the cleansing power of the Holy Spirit. What the world needs is Jesus. One of the early brethren said, one of the saddest sights in all the world is to see the church, the bride of Christ, walking with the world. That is taking on the thinking and behavior of this world. We are also well aware of the scripture in Romans 12, 1 and 2, regarding our bodies being living sacrifices and not conforming to this world. I beseech you, that is, I beg you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world or to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Presenting our bodies means being totally committed or giving God our all. Not being conformed to this world means not living according to the style and manner or behavior of this present age. Being transformed by the renewing of our mind means being changed from the dictates of the fleshly mind to being under the control of the spirit of God. Make no mistake about it the only way for our minds to be renewed is by the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. As we go about our daily lives, we all encounter different people and different experiences. These are not by accident, but rather are designed for a purpose. The rough places, the valleys, the temptations and trials, and the adversity, if taken in the right attitude, build into us what nothing else can. It is during these times that we learn to seek the Lord and invite him to possess the temple so that we can cope with the circumstances in our lives. It is the beauty of Jesus that we want to radiate from us. And it is his nature that we want to manifest as we commit our lives completely to him. The songwriter expressed What should be the desire of every Christian's relationship with Christ in the following lines? Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me, all his wonderful passion and purity. O thou spirit divine, all my nature refine, till the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. I trust this podcast has been a blessing to you. Heavenly Father, I pray your blessing on each one who listens to the voice of the Lord and desires to enhance the presence of the Holy Spirit in their temples. May the beauty of Jesus be seen in each one of us as the Holy Spirit refines our natures to be more like the nature of Christ. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you would like more information about the moving of God's spirit or resources for your spiritual life, please visit our website at www.globalmissionsinc.org.